Hello and welcome to the Everton Art Me podcast, sponsored by Manscaped. Brilliant to speak there. My name is Graham and I'm joined today by Lee, Shane and Paul. Guys, I hope you're doing well. Um, we're just going to get straight on it because as per usual with the world of Everton, there's news galore. <laughs> well, not all of it. Um, some doom and gloom, but some bits here give us a wee bit of hope. Who knows? But um I'm going to start with you first of all. So Alan Myers has come out. It's, I'm sure you know him very well. I'm sure every Everton uh, news outlet has, has posted or gave opinion on it somewhere. But Alan Myers has quoted as tweeting, new investment in Everton is imminent. The new stadium will be fully funded and changes at the top of the club will follow. So Lee, I'm going to come to you here. Um, if, there isn't sub, if there is substance in that, sorry. Um, Alan Myers is... If, if you want something to come out about the club, he is one of the sort of Al Myers and the Bob and sort of the other ones where they're, if at least it's not a hole, it, there's bones to the story. So I'll just fire it just to start with and let you go on. But um, if this is true, what does this do in regards to your thoughts on Farad Mashiri? Personally, I'll put it out there. I'm not a big fan. I think it's that's an understatement, as, as you've probably heard in this podcast. But... There is a saying that better late than never. Um, Lee, what's your thoughts on this? Uh, well, if it's come from Alan Myers, I think a, a lot of people have to take it, what he's saying. I think I've seen a tweet he replied to someone saying that he wouldn't put it, whoever told him, he wouldn't put it out because it would damage their reputation. Now, he wouldn't say who it was, obviously, but... And a few people have backed it up, saying that it is all happening. So, I mean, fingers crossed. Um, on Mashiri, better late than never. I mean, you just hope it's not too late. Because, Touché. you know, I mean, it's all well and good having the investment for the stadium. But if we're in the championship next season, that stadium's not going to make as much money as it could be as a Premier League stadium. Well, and I- that's the biggest issue. There's bones here for a rally, which is is all right. But yeah, just and I agree with what you're saying. But I think a lot of the investment that's going to come out of that stadium, stadium in terms of events and stuff, well, regardless of the amount of games that are on the championship, if if we do go down, I'm not condemning us by any means. But um, even at that, if if it was to change now, and there, yes, better late than never is is maybe. A ropey statement, but would you trust this current board to bring us back, Shane? Uh, no, uh, I think if the if this new investment comes in, I think that I'm not too bothered if Machiri's still there as long as he steps back from the football side. Um, but there are they have to come in and they have to make changes to that board. They have to. I think I've seen something about they're definitely going to be putting one or two members in there. But I think there needs to be a full clear out for this to be a full, you know, hit that reset button. Um, and if we do go down, um, you know, there's just all telltale signs that has been for a while, a couple of years. I don't. I think this is why we're so worried about us if we do go down. Is that if that yeah. board's still intact, that there's not a chance that um, I don't think that we come back up. I think that financially as well, I think we're just ruined as well. But Obviously, if, the, if this, you know, Alan Myers has said it, so obviously there's got to be some substance to it. And if they come in and finance the stadium and stuff like that, that's fine. But I think one of the main things is that we've seen as well with other clubs and mainly Chelsea recently was that they bought the death house as well. Um, yeah. And then it, that and that would be a full restart for us, I could say, but for us to be able to start spending again if we stay up. Uh, well, for me, John, that sorry, that won't happen with this investment because it's only a stake, not a full stake. That's that's what I was going to say just there, and, and uh, I the, the fact that it's just a stake. Well, you know, there won't be that clear out, and plus that buy out of debt. I think any money that's coming in will be drawn into. Well, uh, Paul, I'll bring it to you here. Surely, if they are coming in, the stadium is going to be fully funded. So you would like to assume. That the stadium costs or whatever's needed or the the the, the extra costing is going to be covered in regards to them as part of their buy-in, and then you would you would assume that there will be an influx of cash. I don't think enough to buy out the debt. Although our debt, what is it currently sitting at? Does anybody know? 
Yeah, well, I think we've just hit an overdraft limit of 150 million, haven't we? So yeah. I think that's maxed or just about to be maxed. Um, yeah, I think we spent what, about 130 of it or something, haven't we? I can't remember that's with, but we've definitely, yeah, we're on the cusp of maxing that overdraft limit out. So if we go down, that's going to be exceeded or extended, isn't it? To what, 200 million? Um, and then obviously, this money that's coming in is wholly going to the stadium, allegedly. So, so red. So that doesn't leave us with probably anything towards transfers, I don't think. Um, mm. So, certainly from what I'm reading there, because I know like Biesca's got, he's, he's split down the middle of fans, isn't he? But he, he, he pointed something out in the accounts that Everton Football Club, uh, obviously, there's a subsidiary company called Everton Stadium Development Limited. So, Everton Football Club was pumped money into ESDL something like 250 million and there's an interest charge going on that so he, he was questioning in terms of the the funding model in terms of is it coming through Everton into Everton Stadium and actually Everton are charging them interest which brings into question ownership of the stadium which was a bit of a weird one because um, yeah. he said it was in the accounts for this year so you can see that money going through the parent company Everton Football Club Limited into this Everton Stadium Development Limited. I think it was 250 million cross stands there. And there's an interest of 20 million. Yeah. Um, which was an interesting one. Certainly the rumours going around is that, yeah, the, the investment is wholly going to be funneled into the stadium. So if we go down, yeah, um, I think the pot, I don't think we've got a pot to piss in, really. Um, yeah. Player sales is going to kick in again, so running out of—I think we're running out of saleable assets as it is anyway. Oh, massively, mm. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it would be selling apart from Pickford, probably an owner, and I can't think of too many takers. I mean, I will be all right. I'll put my contract back. Who is buying him? Yeah. Well, I mean? probably a team around the same area, like a Wolves or something, if, if he's yeah. stay in the Premier League, you know. But one thing I will say about that, uh, I didn't actually know about that, is I haven't caught up in any of the Esks shows recently. Yeah. Sadly, I, I do tend to listen to talking to talking to Blues and stuff, and also he and uh, Roger have have their brilliant new podcast out. But <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, the one thing I will say is that you know Mashiri, for all his feelings, he is a, a successful accountant. So if this is a dodgy yet legal way to sort of bounce money across your two assets, well, that's maybe a way to chisel some of the rot off the finances, if that makes any sense there. Um, but that's maybe well, something that Because that incest, it's weird. I, I, I didn't quite catch which way the incest was flowing. I was gathering it was coming back to the parent company. That's the way he sort of scripted it. But then he was calling into question which one owns the stadium. <laughs> so it was kind of like, okay, it'd be just like Everton to not own their own stadium. Do you know what I mean? Um, which is slightly worrying. But again, it's just, it's hearsay, isn't it, in terms of what what the ESC's actually pointing out from this year's accounts. So we said there's this 20 million interest that's coming. It's actually on the accounts um, for this money that's been pumped into the stadium development company. So, um mm. Yeah, it's it's interesting, like, but no, I, I, yeah, I, I'm hoping that as as sort of it's been pointed out there, that a couple of new board members and we can kind of cut the head of the snake, which would be Ken, like for me. Um, I think that's the main blocker, and if if that can be sort of cut away, yeah. um, and some new business people with business business brains on the shoulders, and because I I weirdly think the lucky Everton in terms of. People will be scared to give up season tickets, so they'll still probably sell them out for the first year in the championship because the stadium will be coming the following year and then people will probably pay to be in that new ground. I know we're going to lose TV revenue, but yeah, I think that they're slightly lucky in terms of the fans will be desperate to get into that new stadium if, if, <laughs> if it gets completed. So, yeah. Um, but there was a whole thing, weren't there, with... Um... That, that I'd seen across Twitter, people who have got season tickets where they usually get the option to, to renew it and how they want to pay it off or whatever, but Everton took the money or just like automatically confirmed that they were staying with the season tickets. Um, yeah. And for next season, which is obviously 
you know, worrying with the position that we're in. I don't know how, how it's going to work in terms of moving into the new ground, but I think is that not, say, Sorry, I was just going to say, is that not common practice, though, in terms of if you have, like, a subscription? Like, you know, if you have, like, a, you know, game subscription or, like, TV or... I know a season, but then you think about a season, think of it's still a subscription that way. If you're if you're paying over the year and stuff, they, if you don't cancel, they've probably sent email. No one ever... And they, they, Fucking, they've managed a way for the hide it so it goes into your yeah. junk mail or, or something else or, or spelt your email address wrong but they probably done something to say you know oh or, or maybe it was just a newsletter or whatever or one of denise's emails or something and just at the bottom oh by the way if you do want to opt out of your season ticket you know click this link before it's whatever yeah, you, you've got three yeah. hours to do it <laughs> yeah. yeah you're starting four hours ago you know what i mean something like that yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I think but, if you if you've got a direct ever thought Eddie, that just rolls. So if you when it goes up, they're just gonna adjust your, your direct debit up unless you cancel it. But like with mine, because I put money away and then pay for it in one. So um there was a direct debit cut off the end of last month saying if you wanted to take up the DD option or the direct debit option, do it now. Otherwise, my deadline's the 26th of this month to renew. Yeah. So if I don't renew, it's gone. So but that pisses me off because it's kind of like, as you just said there, what 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 league are we going to be in? It's going to start. Yeah. Why isn't it the end of the season? Why isn't the deadline the, the last game of the season, even that day? Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you can the see, Paul, no, I don't fancy going in the championship, so I'll give it up now. Do you know what yeah, I mean? the Paul, just just the clue, closing on this, in this wee bit, though, a thing there that you're saying, I find it relative to the issues at the board. And bear with me because... They're they're hanging their coat on the fact that, that your emotional ties to Everton will make you do it anyway. They know you will. They know Everton fans well. They just know it. So it's a calculated risk. They'll take the shit knowing that they'll still get it and people will still, you know, if they were to hit people with the charge, I, by the way, you have to pay this extra or you lose your seat, there'd be uproar. But yeah. people, you know, if, if, if they bluffed long enough, people would just turn, and this is all hypothetically, obviously, this isn't real news, but they would more than likely go and deal with it. But the, the, they take it back to how you feel about the board and Kenry being that issue. And we're not going to, if you want to just listen back to any episode that has board in the title and you'll, you'll clearly hear our thoughts on it. But, well, that that is the biggest issue. And I agree with you because you don't mix business with family. And Everton to Evertonians is family. Be you a blue in Texas or a blue in Rio de Janeiro or be you a blue anywhere in the world or be you a hardcore Evertonian from 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 Liverpool or or ultimately you be the self-proclaimed superest super blue on the, this blue planet, i.e. Bill Kenwright. The fact, right, he can, every time he states his love for Everton in that position is toxic because he is not operating with a clear business mindset. As much as he may claim or scream that he is, even if his actions five or six times in a row show, well, that was a business plan, not emotional, because there's always that high risk that will fall to the emotional side. If you bring a professional business person with no affiliation, whose who's passion, whose tie to your family is getting the best job done and succeeding, well, that's where you'll that's where you where you'll you'll flourish. And that's why I've never sat well with having Ken Wright and this people people talk about would they let him go and put him in the proxy role as like life president? No, you need to, as you perfectly said, you need to cut the head off that snake. No, you shouldn't. The fact that you know, in mysterious, strange um interview of jazz was where it was uh my mate Thelwell brings it to Mashiri, the Mashiri clears that we can write, and then they go, Why? Why you're just in charge of full operations as a chairman, I assume. Do whatever chairman he rules that you do, which with all due respect, you've had to evolve in your role because your role as a chairman has changed from when you inherited the majority share in the club that made you, you know, Billy Big Dick. So <laughs> it, it just it just baffles me. You know, we talk about a rot in the club in this. I don't want to turn this conversation and the Ken Wright witch hunt, and I'm, I'm not going to bounce it up because I know I... I Fuck you guys are loving it and breathing it there every day in Liverpool. But ultimately, for me, just outside looking in, even though I'm an Evertonian, you just you can't def- 
you can't defend the logic in it. You just can't. So he's, and, and you know what? These the, these charlatans might be thinking that they're doing things in the best interest, but we talk about the players not being able, able to rel. Sorry, we, we talk about the players not being able to relate to the everyday fan because they're so closed off, and even they would maybe behind closed doors say that, but they're the same, and they're patting themselves in the back, and they're taking bonuses and stuff. When you get to that level, you've lost that, and if you haven't got that intermediary or that person from outside the bubble they sort of say hang on a minute that's the wrong call let me tell you why he has a big boy voice in the room i just think you're doomed to be absolutely honest but anyway hopefully hopefully this this is true and it's the beginning of change um yeah i'll go go back to the end yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah of 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 the current regime yeah Yeah, it's Mm. gotta be it's got to be. Yeah, I'm just. If Lee leaves something as the beginning of the end, I'll be getting emails saying negative bastards. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, my way. So yeah, going to something that's uh, maybe a wee bit more positive here. Um, the source is Goodison News. Anyone ever checks it out? I, I read it quite often. Usually when I'm on my coffee in the morning. They're non-stop with their Everton stuff, and that's really good. And one of the things that I seen just yesterday was um, they put out a story. Um, they have a football finance expert, Dr. Dr. Daniel Plumley, who uh, does some stuff for them. And uh, Dan, because I'm not going to try and say that surname again, has insisted that it is absolutely crazy that banks are comfortable with the latest accounts at Everton, despite conse- consecutive losses. Okay, So he goes on. I'll just read you a bit of this article. Um, the Daily Mail reported on March 7th that banking duo MUFG and JP Morgan Chase had conducted extensive due diligence on finances of Toffees alongside MSP Sports Capital. Finance expert Plumley admitted that growth potential is there in the years to come for Everton, but Premier League survival is critical to that this season. Well, I, I think that's a, that's a given and all, but I'm just going to quote him here now. So what he quoted the Goodison News was, I think it just underlines the crazy nature of football finance that we're talking about people being comfortable with an organization which is making losses year on year and big losses at that. That is the nature of football and it is absolutely crazy. Again, they'd spin that in a more positive light moving forward for the club. It does show the potential if you can get back uh, on the right track in the future and potential, or sorry, and the potential for growth in the market. So just, it goes on to talk about the growth in the Premier League and stuff. And I think we all know that. And the reason I brought that in just after that statement where we were before is the whole sort of maybe better late than never. We see Thelwell is doing his things behind the scene with the youth, whether you're, it's enough or you're not. Um, and if there is changes or even additions going into that boardroom who cannot be, what would the word be, um, tainted with... Uh, can write stain, you know what I mean? Um, that it can be positive. So, Paul, just just coming to you on hearing that statement, um, does that put any fear in you, or does it put? You you can go black or white with that. You know, you, you can basically say, yeah, why are people going to invest in us, and why are people putting spotlight on it, or people, or you can look at the positive on it and say, well, realistically, if we can if we can just get something right, if we can find a formula under Dice or, or, or whoever it may be, whatever, or wherever we are, or if you're in favour of us going down, because there is blues that are in favour of going down and a manual reset, thinking that we could springboard straight back up. Personally, I'm not one of them. I think down and die. But uh, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Just to, <laughs> not yet, no. Just to say that, yeah. But, um, yeah, just, you know, half, basically a cup, a, little, a cup half empty or a cup half full after hearing that. Mate, it changes every week. This week I'm a cup half empty. Next week I might be a cup half full if we beat Palace. Yeah. So it, it's like, but no, on the finances bit, you know what? Weirdly, I, we talked this with a few lads in terms of like that reset because we were kind of thinking, and, and don't be wrong, it was just lads sitting at a, a pub table. You know what I mean? But if that reset, like if we went down, let's be honest, I, I don't want to see any single player. And I know it wouldn't happen that way. I don't want to see any of these players wear that shirt again for a start. I don't care how good or bad yep. they are. They took us down. It's, them, it's ultimately on the players, isn't it? I know you've got your, your boardroom gripes and you've got 
the, the, the different managers, but it's been the same players there and the additions of a few. So I, I weirdly like the idea of a full blowout of this club in terms of restarting again. Um, I, I, look, I, I know what you're dancing around, Paul. What you're trying to say is, though, no Evertonian wants to go down, but it's nearly, it's no, it's nearly like, no, no. No, what man wants to go and, you know, no. it's like what... It's like being happily married to something and being like, yeah, well, be basically being happily married, and you've someone to saying she's offering it, but she's trouble. You know what I mean? And it's like, wow, <laughs> yeah. what do you do? But, but just, you know what I mean? As as foolish an analogy as that is, you're being you're being tempted with something. Ultimately, it's it's bad, and and it's it's a massive gamble. But like you know. I, I get what that conversation is. And when you say, well, that's what this is. We, we just try to have real talk. We're just your average fan. We're, 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 nothing, we're nothing big and shiny. We're just a, bo- a bunch of blues that have a bit of crack and, and talk, as you well know. So, no, your opinion's fully valid on it. And, and there is substance to the debate. You know what I mean? Problem is, if we did put that show out, we'd probably get lynched. <laughs> <laughs> See, if it was a full flush out, it, you, one thing that you dangle, isn't it, is that if we did go down, would there be this massive like flush out of all the crap that's in the club? So, you know, sort of, would it be that instant or would it be a slow burn in terms of, well, we're going to have to cut back. It's going to be painful this year. If we don't come straight back up, you know, it's going to be massive cuts. It's going to be, you know, possible administration, which people are saying. So year one, if we didn't come back up and Mishiri didn't come through with the, the, the underwriting of any money or any losses for the second season in the championship, well, we are facing, we are on a cliff edge, aren't we? Let's be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. Especially if we can't shift any more players, like your Deli Ali is going to come back, Gomez, Gabamon, probably about half a million a week in wages there alone. So, yeah. well, with the addition of a few more coming back, so it's how you look at it. And if we stay up, MSP come in, you know, a little, you know, an injection into the stadium, have you know a little bit of. Pressure taken away on the club in terms of finding the money for to finish the stadium off. We can all look forward and get in, but just just this underlying feeling that next year we'll be doing this again. Well, you know, you guys might be sitting on the pod and we're listening and we're going, well, we never learned from last season and we didn't learn from the season before. Um, you know, we sold on the the owners and stuff like that. So it, yeah, the glasses are half, half empty at the moment, getting to be fair, mate. What what are we going off? We're in financial turmoil, and I built stadium that we're threatened, hoping it's going to get finished. Yeah. A board with no ambition and players that are bang average. <laughs> being kind, bang average is being very kind. Um, I, I get, I get it. Um, completely, and that is that is the thing too, because. As much as people are saying, oh, you're discussing a full reset, but then that—that that is, that's the ball you're rallying back. You're saying, well, hold on, hold on a minute, you. We're not, we're not going anywhere. If no, what's happening? You know, we we're basically sitting in a in a, in a he- heavyweight division, fighting as a middleweight as at the minute it feels. And you know what I mean. And it's a case of, oh, well, again. To, to reiterate, we are not saying that we want Everton to go down. If that's what you're taking this, <laughs> that is your problem, and uh, go get your head checked. We're just playing devil's advocate. <laughs> I just, I'm just putting this out here because I, I, I don't need to say. Well, it again. I, I think it was, uh, I think it was Andrew that brought it up, wasn't it, on a pop when he was when he mentioned Bielsa. He he said. That he thought the the proposition of like if when Bielsa said he'd take the under twenty ones and then he'd come back the season after and then he he'd trust more that Bielsa would bring us straight back up and stuff like that. And then on one of the podcasts when he put the question across, would you rather stay up with this board or go down and get new yeah, investments? Yeah. Everyone was like, I'm not answering that question, <laughs> but it's just like, like you know, it's like up. But Paul said, like, I mean, half them players would have to go because of the wage caps in the league. I think then you're losing Pickford and stuff like that. And then it's like, I, I've seen bands of the boat on Twitter, like, oh, this was what this is what our lineup should be next season. And it doesn't even, it probably doesn't even fight with half the teams in the championship. You know, with the likes of like Sims and Cannon up front and then Dobbins on the wing with McNeil and then you've got a, a midfield. It's just coming back. And, yeah. Bramfeet with Tarkovsky and then you're stuck with Michalenko at left back. 
and you know possibly Coleman still or Patterson, and then Lonergan in goal probably. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. I just, like, the club. Oh man, he's probably getting the contact extension as well. But, but it's <laughs> the I think it's like you say, glass empty, glass, glass half empty, glass half full. It's half empty, is it? Because you just can't see a way out. Because then any like sort of corner you try and turn with it, there's an there's like a, a block for it. You it's know? just like a crack. But there's no no glass involved in with this conversation. It's just crack paper, not. But well, even actually, you, when you're looking at it, it the crack paper is actually looking a wee bit appealing. You can't even deny it. You're like. Well, it's like, like we, you know, next year, fucking hell. The relief at the end of last season, and then we thought, like, yeah, this is going to be it. We'll we'll bounce back and we'll do this, and now we're in the same position again. And then you're looking at we stay up next season, like, you know, how teams improve the squads is by buying players, which we can't do. Um, yeah. do you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. you look, you look at even, you know, we we've said before. You know the the free agents that we could that you know we we've joked about like Hammers and Isco and stuff like that and we we couldn't even or didn't bring them in and stuff and Delhi Ali's come back and he's straight away he's on a hospital bed, um, it's hard and it's it's worrying more than anything, um, but yeah I I feel like if we do go down I don't think there's a straight back up, not a, not a chance. Oh, you, you can't write that book at the same time because uh, oh, fucking, I'll, I'll defend where the championship on a consistent basis is well off the Premier League quality, even the shit teams. They can turn it on for cup games. Uh, but even even physically, though, our players wouldn't... Like, 99% of them players are shit houses. Playing every Saturday and every Tuesday, basically, yeah. all season. Yeah. People like prime example. I think Tom Davies could actually come on his own a season in the championship. Say what you want. I think he could actually find a way to play in that. He could. I really realistically think that. I think a player like Mikolenko. I think this Premier League is way too fast paced for him to learn. Yeah. Um, you know, and there is that difference, and that's the point to make. Ben Godfrey. I, I think. I think a year in the conference would be great for him. He could sign for someone there and, and just that could, that could be him. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I'm being honest. I'm being nice. Um, no, I, I'm being lousy. I mean, like, too. But ultimately, we're, we're, the debate is there to be had. And, and that's the thing. And that's maybe what more people should do talking around just so, you know, more bar fights, probably. But <laughs> it's a case of you cannot, basically, the point the point that's being made there is you cannot deny the fact that there is a debate they had. Am I in favor of going down? Never, never, mm-hmm. ever. Paul isn't, Shane isn't, Lee isn't. And usually I would say Lee is as a joke, but I, I'm not even. Really, <laughs> Joke around that, being absolutely honest, the guy get lunched. <laughs> but ultimately, there is a debate there. And I want you to go away and have it with yourselves. It's your homework, listeners. <laughs> but, it, but it's a case of, but it's, you know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that is a debate to be had. Andrew did put the question out, not wanting us to the balls to answer it. I didn't no. know. I was saying, fuck well, out. If you remember a few weeks, a few months ago, you said you, you used the term of, well, used the club, Sunderland. And I came yeah. back at you and said, we're not, we won't be Sunderland, we'll be Bradford. And yeah. I genuinely yeah. believe that. The finances that we're in, the fact that that stadium's only half built, mate, we will not come back up. We would literally go right down. I really yeah. do genuinely think we would go down. Yeah, I th- can't be Definitely that. League One. Definitely League One. Because these players are shit houses. They haven't got the mentality or the physicality to play in the Championship. They haven't. It's not just that as well. Like You've got the... Twice a week. Sorry, you've got the this thing still looming over us as well with this whole we could have points deductions or fines and stuff as well. Yeah. Um and you know, you look at Derby and stuff like that, do you know what I mean? Oh you you yeah. mentioned before if there was a chance of administration, it's just it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to move on to some happier news. Uh, <laughs> this happy news. Yeah. Every cloud. Um, but if you do have any issues, honestly, just tweet Lee Murphy at Lee Murphy. <laughs> <Everton Hard Time. laughs> uh, AFC. 
on Twitter. At Lee Murphy, 1990. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good luck to you. Well, probably terrorize you. But anyway, so we did touch this on the other show, but uh, Paddy Boyland of the Athletic slash Blue Room fame, um, not even just fame, the guy's a, a, a journalist, and in my opinion, a very good one. But um, he's actually reported as well that uh, Everton are very, very close to appointing. Da- actually, it's imminent that Dan Rice is said to be uh, appointed as the head of emerging talent at uh, at Everton. So surely that can only be good news, Lee, um, because my mate Thelwell, I'm always, I'm always maybe skeptical of, of one or two things he does but he is trying to put a lot of things in place behind the scenes um this is why we're having a mass exodus albeit an under 21s player signed a long-term contract today but um he, when you think about the issues at the club clearly he's he, he is addressing some of these things uh, and you know what just just on this for a company i just want to say as well on james vaughn we'll touch later probably in canon and in Kunku, but um, you know, the two guys are flying high and they found, regardless of the level, regardless of this, that, and the other, whether you want them or not to be at the club, Vonnie's managed to find good loans for them. And I think that's a promising thing for going forward too. But Lee, do you think this is a this is a good move? We'll, ju- we'll just sit on it briefly though. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I think when Vaughn came in, a lot of people were like, Thinking why, what, why? Yeah, well, he's basically played in every league. He, you know, he went from being an Everton prospect, a massive prospect, and then he went down the leagues and ended up finishing his career at Tranmere in League Two. So the kid, if anyone within the football club knows the football league and the lower leagues, it's James Vaughan. So yeah, it, it makes sense. To be fair, we haven't um, had a centre forward like. See in regards to the luck that Calvert Lewin has, we had another centre forward with bad luck. I'm, yeah. I'm not giving Beefy credit um, because uh, Beatty just should have been better. Um, but the luck that James Vaughan had, oh my god, I, I thought he was fucking fantastic too. Uh, yeah, he was. My, my wife actually went to school with him, and she said like you could tell when they were playing footy and that at lunch, even at lunchtime, the kids stood out, stood out mm-hmm. like a sore thumb. And he didn't. He got to the point where he stopped trying in school because he knew he was like, "No, I'm going to be a professional footballer." Yeah. Now that might be arrogance, but that's self confidence as well. Yeah. That like he, he, he was so driven. Yeah. Well, now I think all these, as I said last week, well, I've just seen there Cannon scored again, didn't he? Yeah. He basically eight, now got seven and eight. Yeah, same goals in one less game. Well, no, he's got one more goal in the same games as what Sims got in the first half of the season in the same league. But as I said last week... We're coming back up then. Well, as I said last week, that's the first loan. You know, yeah. Sims, Sims had been in the lower leagues and then went to Scotland. So definitely potential with him. I think he's won. I, I wouldn't be so sure about loaning him again, especially with Calvert-Lewin's current injury problems. Yeah. So, um, Shane, I'll just just come to you on this. Seeing in regards to this, uh, Dan Rice and that uh, emerging talent, the fact we've had some kids go away, we've lost out in a lot of kids to Liverpool. Even at that, there's there's been kids that have just been hanging around our youth system for so long, um, and just let down by the club and stuff. Do you think this he would be the sort of guy to just sort of cut the cord? It would just it might be not ruthless, but just. It's not going to happen. Let, let's find something else for you. Do you think he might be a bit more ruthless? And do you think that's what we need to raise the level? Yeah, definitely. It's like, like you just said, then we've had far too many lads that uh, we've even come to know as being regulars in that that squad underneath. Um, I mean, one of the other ones that got let go uh, was that Thierry Small. Um, and I don't even know where he is. Is it Burton Albion? Burton Albion, I think he's playing at now. Yeah, he's on loan um, from Southampton, isn't he? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, um, and we've had other players out on loan that that have that have been at the club for a bit as well. We uh, Astley, I think, is one of the centre halves. Gibson, um, on Yango went to um, with Ferguson and got sent back. I, I, I didn't read into it or whether there was a reason for him coming back, but nothing's been said again about him. But one of the other ones that I'm 
hoping we can keep hold of is Branthwaite. Um, so if we can get more more players coming through like that, um, and we're either selling them for a premium or we're keeping hold of them to strengthen the squad because, you know, we, we were talking before off pod about the benching the bench in the last game. It's not good enough, even for you know, the position that we're in. It's not good enough when you're looking at you know you've got your elites at the top like City and and United and Liverpool and whatever like the benches that they've got another second squad. We lost that um, kid today as well recently as well. So there's not even that pathway anymore, and it's not yeah, appealing anymore really. So it needs it needs to be that if this kid's ready, then yeah, he goes out on loan and then he comes back in the way we hope Tom Cannon does and Bramfleet and stuff. Or no, he's not good enough. We yeah. can't have this limbo where, like you say, we've got this kid here in the middle and then City and stuff like that come in, picking them off, and then they're the ones making the money off them sort of thing. So like, it can only be a good thing because that sure. youth system for a while has just been it's yeah. dead, really. For, for me, Paul, what I'm looking for, honestly, is, is I'm looking for, and I hope this comes with it, I would like to hear your thoughts, but I think there's been a... A fear factor at Everton where they're like, we need to offer this kid because what if, or he looks good, maybe whoever's been the voice there before us is, but you know, do you really want to let that kid go? And this is, it's, it's cutthroat. We're not being hateful towards kids in football. You, you want them all to succeed wherever they are realistically as a parent or a decent person realistically. But do, do you think this might be the person they say, well, no, you need to stop protecting the asset as, as everyone like to say in firing silly contracts that these kids killing the motivation or may, may giving them false hope and stuff do, do you think you might come on and just basically have that ruthless yet empathetic streak where you can actually steer and guide and I, I would like to think in this role too like whenever they they release a kid there, there might be options and stuff for them but it needs to be more i just i just feel like the club's handed out too many contracts for far too long for, for anyone that you never hear from again. 100%. I think the problem, I had a little read into this because some rumours about, you know, certainly with Isaac Price and whatever. And there was a couple of things that he was saying. Kids now, 14, 15, and then into like the first pro contracts, the, the starting wages, they're getting 10 grand a week. Yeah. 16. Yeah. So, crazy. There's, there's the problem. Why why isn't there a bit of a wage cap down there? I know the sort of there's been controversy over it, and I think probably like going back even to like the Bosman rulings and stuff like that over contracts. And I think they missed the boat now on the on the pay cap, certainly for kids. I think that's that's unbelievable. Out of kid at 16 it'd be on 10 grand a week. That's you know, that that's madness. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because where's your motivation then? Because obviously it's just about money, isn't it? You're thinking, well. I'm not going to be really bothered about getting into Everton's first team because I'm going to sit on 10 grand a week anyway for two, three years. And then if I'm not good enough, I'll go on loan or whatever. And then does that help motivation or or is it a demotivational tool? I think it's probably demotivational because you're already a millionaire coming into your 20s, probably. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, sorry, man. Just, just to agree with you. You hear about footballers now, and I cannot remember for the life of me uh, what the source was or, or where I heard it on. But they were talking uh, talking about the first things that you get sorted is an agent, a, co- a ruthless agent, and an investor. That's yeah. that these kids are, are told to get first thing. And yes, by all means, but they even just they hear about kids being like. I need an investor because my money, they're going to take you know, 20 or 30% and go and you know and put it here. And they're having to trust their money with these guys because, again, you think about agents. For Yes, there's good they do. People despise them. But at the end of the day, their job is to look after their clients and they tend to look after their clients quite well, especially at Everton's expense and, and, and their own bank balance. And these investors, you know, they just go do your own thing. It just should be – it shouldn't be any further from the minds. Like, Whatever happened, they just a parent, you know, should sit with the, the agent or, or whatever. And maybe that is the case, but it's just it's just scary, isn't it? It's just it's madness. Scary times. I, I remember years ago, Graham, like like my mum knows Rain Rooney's mum. So like the, she said, literally, Alex Ferguson knocked on their house. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
That's going back somewhere and what 15, 15 years ago. He was 16, yeah. 16 when he left Everton at that time. You know, so it's not like a new thing. And don't get me wrong, he was phenomenal, wasn't he? Wayne, just unreal. Do you know what I mean? But literally at that time, it was literally like what you you know, what you want. I remember, you know, sort of uh you're going back <laughs> Wayne had Wayne had his half fella on a, a few grand a week just Doing as being a chauffeur, his brothers were having allowances a week. That's how much money was flowing in at a young age. Yeah, he was at a level that deserved it. He he was a oh, phenomenal. Yeah. Oh no doubt, no doubt. It's just that the money's crazy. But yeah. having a little look into this fella, then it. I got a little niche while we were talking. Then so I couldn't really see in terms of the emerging talent what he's brought through. But one good thing is there. It's saying that recently for Southampton, he, he took two of their real top talents to Southampton he tied them down so it looks like he's he's the poacher we're not going to get poached yeah he yeah. can yeah. explain the philosophy I hope I hope he gives me a ring and explains it because I don't get the football philosophy, philosophy at Everton so again maybe that didn't we touch on him last week I think I seen he was in charge of Arsenal's yeah yeah, yeah. That, yeah that was all that same guy yeah but these, for their 14 to 18 year olds which would fall into the, I'm pretty sure if the data are right, would fall into the Smith Rowe, Saka type of players that are coming through at Arsenal now. Well, Saka's a fucking mainstay in that Arsenal team. Yeah. You know, and and yeah. Smith Rowe would be if he wasn't getting injured all the time as well, to be fair. But even so, as well, if you listen to that uh, Toffee TV special with Wayne Rooney, I'm sure everybody got on it, they see, but how hypercritical was he of the standards at Everton from youth coaching and everything up? You know, it got to a certain point and he just says it turned. You know, and actually, I think I think from, from the goal, it wasn't great. I think the only reason Everton managed to get him from the clutches of Liverpool was the fact that he was an Evertonian. So, no. Um, just touching on, on that um, pause at the bar, Rooney did as well. You, you go back to even Gaza. Gaza rejected Man United because they wouldn't buy his man and dad a house. <laughs> I mean, now Gaza was on the same level as Rooney so he could demand whatever he wanted really yeah. and at yeah. the time he was probably one of the best players in the world but okay. I, I agree with Paul I think there should be a cap on kids earning so much money but I think that ship sailed because oh, yeah. I mean for every Wayne Rooney there's a Matthew Pennington no offence Matthew <laughs> but you know that kid stayed in Everton's academy until he was what 26 26. Now, Conor as well. We hindered his career in a way as well by giving him them contracts because he's by the time he left Everton at what 26, he's lucky if he's got six years before his body starts letting him down at 32, 33. Yeah. Crazy. Um, well, but anyway, we'll move to something happier. Look, we've been uh, bringing <laughs> that everybody. Was that was the happy one. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a little bit doom and gloom, or even when we say something happy. So we'll bring it to something that we get happier now. So he's ready, boys. So when Everton's side, featuring the likes of Dominic Calvert Lewin, Yerry Mina, Connor Cody, Nathan Patterson, Abdelaita Corey, Tom Davies, Ellis Sims, and Mason Holgate were beaten 1 0 by sixth tier National League North outfit Chester FC. So on that point, there, lads. Look, I'm not losing my head over it. I did a wee bit. I scrolled a wee bit of Twitter and I was liking every post I could see that was like, fucking, fuck you. But then I, I just sort of says, you know what? These players were probably, like, I don't know if anybody listening, uh, if you want to throw down, I used, I used to kickbox. I was a big deal, you know, far from my country and everything. But anyway, basically, if we would spar, we went down sparring uh, in percentages, we'd call it, usually... If I was fighting with my mates, we'd be saying, right, let's go 80, 90%. So we're punching the head of each other. But if you're training, and especially Calvert-Lewin who played 70 minutes in it, it's a case of what sort of percentage are you going to put on? Don't be too physical. Don't be chasing dead balls, this, that, and the other. So it isn't, it isn't a fair game of chess, you would maybe say. So I would assume that it was low contact, not that style, albeit dice says where you're saying guards and all this good stuff. Um, Shane, I'll come to you first. What was your thoughts? I know we we all laughed basically when we heard it. We all laughed. I think Chicago Dave was about to get in the flight over with a hatchet <laughs> or something, and probably a deep pan pizza. But 
just what was your thoughts? I did lose the head a wee bit at the start, but now I'm just like, ah, it's looking preseason. You could lose ten 0 to them boys, and then play in the Premier League the week after and won. So, but we don't usually win in the Premier League the week after. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I like laughed about it, and then was like, no, oh, it should be a negative again. If, if we were to go down, what's going to happen? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, but. To your point of saying, like, if, if he's telling them to, like, you know, in percentages or whatever, or saying, don't be doing this or whatever, like, don't go too hard, why why is he not just having the training, in like, against the the lads? Do you know what I mean? In, like, in Finn's farm? Would be my question. Um, if he hasn't put it in to be just more of a competitive game than what it would be against the other players in our squad. Um, yeah. Or they're just that bad that Chester are better than them. I don't know, but you can take from it what you what you want, but then half them players probably won't be here as well. So they've probably just been there making the numbers. See, um, well that's no, that's a that's a, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was go I was just gonna say the most important thing that you've got to take from it is that it you know, if anything, Carvet Loon's got seventy minutes in off there. That's the most important thing. Uh, and then we'll probably come on to it, but then he tweeted out saying basically couldn't wait for Saturday, so it no, well, be a good we'll, thing. We'll tie that in day two, actually, here on this before we stay on topic. But yeah, he's tweeted uh big game Saturday, a picture of himself training. So you would like to think that he's that he's going to be back or play some part. I think we're all gagging about it. And we can talk about that when we briefly touch on Palliser instead. It's a bit of office. A wee bit of positivity on the end of this podcast. <laughs> Just in regards to what Shane says and, and where it didn't have bother and stuff. I'll go to the the Robin to my Batman in terms of Everton feeling <laughs> the podcast. Lee, just um, in regards to that, so Connor Cody, Yerry Mina. Now, it was only one goal. It's not like they conceded four or anything. Um, <laughs> no, it wasn't, wasn't Minnesota. But it's like Yerry, uh, Yerry Mina, the I How do you feel, just? Uh, it's a friendly. I'm not, I'm not asked. It's mates. I've watched Everton for years. Well, I'm not watched the friendlies, and I've, you know, we we predominantly get beaten friendlies. As long as Calvert Lewin, I'm guessing it was mainly for him. Um, yeah. As long as he'd come through and had nothing wrong with him, reported no stiffness or soreness in any of his body parts, then that's yeah. that's all that matters to me. The one thing that baffles me though. Why did the Corey play? He's still banned. He could have got injured. I mean, it might not have been a contact game, but why, why would why would you play him? Yeah, but he can still train. And he's a fit lad. He's one of our fit players. not the same as a match. I know, but it's Chester. <laughs> well, I know, but we've seen how pivotal he is to the system. So we'll just yeah. call him. Uh, sorry, I'm going to head leave you a bit more. Go no, it's just, I, I just... I didn't even realise the Corey played until you rattled off the names. And I'm thinking... He's still he's still banned until he can't play until Newcastle, can he? Because he's banned yeah. for the Palace game at the weekend. So yeah. I that baffled me. I just wouldn't risk him because he you can see the last two games missed that we have missed him massively. Yeah. No, you see so that's, I just wouldn't have took the chance with him. But I would never I would never pro no, you're all good. You're all good, Paul. You made some very good points there. And and again, you've you found a way for me to branch off on the another good point to Paul. But for for me, I don't have any issue. We we I think it's good the Corey got on. Obviously, he sat out a couple of games. He's probably sitting going, I have an option to become a, a bit of a part-time hero here because, you know, I come back in and I, I sort of tie the threads together. I can be that difference, which which we want. I don't care. I'm, I've been very hypercritical of him and I probably can, will continue to be. Arsenal got himself sent off a goat. But... Um, Ultimately, just just Paul, do you think maybe Decore, like Calvert Lewin, and obviously you have Patterson in there, he's trying to find fitness and stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do you think they were all assigned ways they play? And I mean that in a, a sense of don't put yourself out too much, don't do this, don't, and that, that could have resulted in no no result, no score. Like Calvert Lewin, as I say, don't chase dead balls. Get up against the center half, see how you're feeling. A few sprints at again going back to that percentage analogy I was saying. I would say it was very, it was very cotton wool football. Yeah, un- yeah, hundred percent. But at the same time, surely you want to put a few like I don't know. I think he's had thigh hamstring problems. Surely you want to test him a bit. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, 
I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, you're quickly getting me, you and Lee's becoming a thing here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's all good. Yeah, we just got 100 million, but can right, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, nah, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I think every defeat, every time Everton get beat, doesn't matter that what, does it? Do you know what I mean? Don't want them to lose anything. Yeah. No, and that's a that's a good thing. Yeah. Know what I mean? So and ever play any lots, and we don't want them to lose. I'd still be yeah. peed off if we lost anything. Certainly, yeah. thinks anything to want them to win. To be fair, if we won three 0 people will be saying, "Is that it?" So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. We only beat them three 0 Yeah. I think it's a good run out. I, I think. You no, know what that's the core I want is is. I'm not hundred percent on these. Festivals, but Ramadan is that is that like sort of over? Is it in terms of is that coming to an not end? Not sure if it's not sure if it's over, but I think I seen a live stream on Twitter and I didn't agree with their comments, so I'm not going to say. And I think yeah. one of the people actually have reached out as listeners, so if they do and you think this is about you, you think it is, and you know they were just saying there's no, that's a joke and this that and the other, and I, I was thinking that was quite foolish, but. You know, at the end of the day, it's their beliefs, but you, you've yeah. maybe clearly seen that there's been an issue with it. But at the end of the day, personally, I have no problem putting it out there. I'm an atheist, um, and, and, and respect everybody that has religious beliefs. I just personally do not. But you know, you, you can't discriminate, and that's sadly just we nope. we we're suffering because you've seen Ghana's been hooked a few times. Um, after 60 months, that's becoming the Tom Davies sub. Now that seems to be be set yeah. in stone and you know there's no denying that these guys are not able to prepare in the way they want to but you know it's their faith and, and it's not like they've stunk they stunk the gaff out as well you know but um yeah i no. i just I, I think that's tied in but i i do think that the Corey needs the the minutes as well as calvert lewin and patterson and even cody and you know what I, I, it's good that mina was in there do you not think because they could be saying right I need to see how he can control in my, I don't know, his flying V style of football, whatever he's talking about at the back, this V, um, the negative, <laughs> the sinking V, we'll call it, um, where it's, Mina, but again, Mina can do everything Michael King can do, except he can't hit 25 yarders, but that's, that's once, that's one on a, that's one on a hundred, one in a million, realistically, King can finish. Yeah, I mean, it can get on a header, so it's not all on James Tarkovsky. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if you want to start comparing decks with, so, I really hope he was taking a look at Jerry Mina for me because, you know, it's the most Everton thing to say at the minute now. Like this week after last week, every single Evertonian was saying, Michael King, he's turned the corner. Well, fucking hasn't. We debated it on here as well. No. Not saying it's not yeah. I, was, I was one of them. Hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. Turned the corner. It's then... not. Just, you get the same stuff, you know what I mean? You look at his record. There was that kid, actually. I don't have the tweet at hand. Um Kid, he's probably the same age as me. God love him, but um, he, he did a fantastic thread that was just about Michael Keane's been in the team. We've conceded X, blah blah blah, Y, this, that, and the other, and he's right. And, and yeah. I was stating before that back line needs leaders. If you're playing, if you're playing Ben Godfrey in that team at all, or you're playing Vitaly Mikolenko in that team at all, you need a voice, regardless of if he went stale. You know what? He was flat-footed against Aston Villa, Connor Cody, and that was the final nail in his coffin. He was not doing that bad. People are making out like he fell off the side of the earth. He did not. He stubbed his toe. And people can say, oh, Cody's this, Cody's that, and the other. Aye, he's not, he's not great, but he's a voice and he's a leader. Because if you think Michael Keane is that answer, then you are... I'll not be so yeah, you're, you're, you're completely off your tits. So Yerry Mina comes in there. He will lead. May not be great with the language, but if Yerry Mina barks at you, you you get in line. Dave Tarkovsky yeah. focus on defending. That's the sort of defender he is. You know what I mean? You've you've guys like Connor Cody for me that are all about control. This is my line. This is my defense today. Because you need somebody to step up. I was a centre half myself. Depending on who I was playing with, I was happy to let someone do it as long as you had to run the line. If, if it wasn't, I took the line and I said, you're on me if you're above me. Or if you're behind me, you're getting it in the ear. Yeah, I mean, it will do that. Oh, Him and yeah. Connor Coda are, are the line holders. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the most... Go yeah. on. No, sorry. I was just going to say that quick. Yeah, I mean, it's got one thing that most of our players haven't got. He's got that bit of snide in him. Like a few a few things where you go, right, take the yellow. Mean it to take the yellow or... Well, I'm a, I'm a off. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But, I don't know. Yeah, I think Michael Keane's too nice. He's too nice for this type of environment we need to create, which is the nasty side of it. Um, I think that's the thing with Keane. He's, 
his head will go and stuff like that. So yeah, I'd like to see Mina giving a little shot in there. I think if yeah. if we can, if he's fit enough. Lee, yeah. sorry, sorry, but Lee, what were you going to point somewhere there too, bud? I was just going to say that that's the most baffling thing about Dice since he's come in is why hasn't he used them? Like as Andrew said, like you can understand why he didn't use why we Lampard didn't use them before January because Inter Milan was sniffing around and we could have got money for them. But the minute that January window shut, for me, if he's fully fit, he should be in the team. He's our best defender. Yeah, yeah so, 100%. Yeah. Just baffles me. But hopefully we see him because, say, I think the Keane experiment now, I think that's ran its course. And I was one that defended him last week and, you know, hopefully, hopefully they turned the corner. But, I mean... The ball is his ass. <laughs> he wasn't even facing the right way for that third goal against Fulham. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. He is not a good defender, is he? He's not. He's not. In the words of Chairman Bill, it's terrible, but it's everything. Sad times. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, look uh, I'll briefly touch on this. We might move it on to next week's because we're running out of time here, but... Um, one thing the Athletic did release a story where Everton's relegation rivals were lobbying the Premier League to sanction the club before the end of the season, which is the same sort of shit house that leaked out last week. But on that, uh, Mark Douglas, the uh, Northern correspondent for football, was saying, uh, the Premier League and other clubs have no say on the matter, which is solely down to the independent commission, where a resolution is unlikely to take place this season. So I think in regards to that, too, I think that's someone's like something to the athletic where there's maybe not a lot of substantial evidence. And I think that uh, Mark Douglas coming out of that statement, it, it spells a pile of logic into that. Um, so yeah, just to whoever's listening, um, you can do that and give your own thoughts and, and get in contact with the, with the podcast. And we'll maybe read some out next week. If he's, if he's want to do that, um, lads, we'll probably bring it up again next week. So you, again, we'll, well, there'll probably be more to add to that story, so we'll see if that one for next week. So, lads, just briefly now before we go, um, just going to touch on the Palace game. Um, Shane, how are you feeling about the Palace game? Briefly. Uh, not confident. Um, before I, well, I was on podcast before the phone game and said that I was very confident we'd stay up and that we'd take points off Fulham and Palace. And now, uh, after the results, I'm not. Um, the one thing that shocked me was uh, Hodgson's got as many wins as Dice in two weeks. Yeah. Uh, he's got players back that they haven't had when they've been on this losing streak. So now, but Carl Lewin's back in and he got some minutes. That's a big player as much as some people don't want to admit it. And, you know, we'll say that we need to move on, but hopeful as always, but we'll see. Yeah. And what's your prediction? Uh, what 1-0 off a corner. Day. <laughs> uh, Michael Keane. <laughs> Everton won no one. Fair enough. Okay. Oh, Lee, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very briefly. One goal. <laughs> fucking hell. One goal. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Hey. Um, Lee, uh, briefly, just how are you feeling about Palace and uh, what's your prediction? Shitting myself. If I'm being honest, I, I was saying with Shane before Fulham. Even before United, I was expecting that against United, not how bad it was in the first half, but I was still confident. Um, but after that Fulham game, I'd happily take a point. Even though it's not what we need, really. But we haven't got a great record the last few years. I mean, we got battered in the FA Cup last year under Lampard. Got yeah. battered in the league. So, take a point, but I'm going to say 1-0 Dwight McNeil. Yeah, just because it's me. That's me heart. <laughs> no, that's the only thing we can go on at the moment because there's no yeah. point trying to use your brain with this Everton at the moment. Paul, just briefly again on on Palace, your thoughts and uh, what's your prediction? Yeah, it's Dublin, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> um, no, I'm not confident at all. I don't think I'm going to go the other way and and, and predict we'll get beat here. Yeah. Um, don't say it, lads. I'm gonna have to say it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to say it. I can't. Me, even me, ass and me, head are both saying the same thing. Get the beat. That's when no, you know you're in a bad place. <laughs> no, no, um, you know what, mate? It, it's, it's, your, it's your moment, and it's your prediction, and it's fair. It's fair. So, uh, I was looking at the goals they've been scoring there the last couple of weeks, and they're coming from everywhere. 
Yeah, yeah, you know that's I mean? the thing. Yeah, coming from everywhere. So, um, yeah, listen. Yeah. I, obviously, I want Everton to win God's Street. We all bleed blue here, but yeah, I'm I'm struggling for this one, lads. Yeah, really am. No, that's fair. That's fair. Well, what score are you giving Palace? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, Ben, I am a shit house. I'll three under us. Three one. Palace, yeah, I'll go. I'll say that. So I'll say it. There you go. Yeah, no, hey, and that's fair, and that's 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 why we have you on. What's your, what's your position, Graham? Ah, well, Shane sort of chimed on there. What I was going to go for, but um, I think one all. I think if we can get a one all, we can steady the ship. I think there was a lot of lessons. Well, there's a lot of lessons there potentially to be learned from United and uh, whatever the fuck we were playing last week. Can't even remember, but um, basically. I would say I was going to be clever and say one all Michael Keane for Everton, Michael Keane for Palace, but Michael Keane brace. But um, no, for me, I would say, I, I'm thinking maybe uh, one all in regards to I, I was the first thing that came to my head was Dwight McNeil, but I think the Mario Gray, I think the Mario Gray will get one. And I think that uh, goal, I, mean, to be fair. I think, I think easy for Palace. Got a couple there in the last game, and he's looked really bright. It seems his numbers look really good since uh, Roy came on, and people are just wondering how the hell's Roy King or Roy King, Jesus Christ, how is how is uh, Roy Hodgson done it? But at the end of the day, this is his club, and a lot of these players and staff, you know, for that culture, they're still they're still Roy's man. Um, albeit even even have that they buy into that. He has massive influence. He's a seasoned veteran. Twenty years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's. It's like it's like Everton back in the day bringing in Royal or or Liverpool when things are wrong, pulling on Kenny Dalglish and stuff. And although we may not be at at those levels of 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 it, you know, he's a seasoned manager and he knows that club inside out. At the end of the day, we talk about how Dice came in, and you know, you look at it and you'd be like. How has he not seen that Michael Keane is shite for Everton? You know, how has he not seen that this is another? Because he hasn't been watching Everton every week. They're not his club. Roy Hodgson's sitting down every Saturday. They watch that club. So he knows the problems. He knows what we fix. He's probably sitting chatting to his wife after the game going, I would have done this and I would have done that. And she's sitting going, dear Jesus. Do you know what I mean? Shut up. So <laughs> he, he already knew the fixes he would put into place. And that's probably why he was able to take action so quickly in my opinion but yeah I'm going to say 1-0 I'm going to say we stop the rock with, with the 1-0 uh, Demario Gray and easy um, it'll be boring I'm probably falsely watching it who knows but anyway <laughs> um, yeah we'll have John back this weekend listeners will be happy to know I'll be off the mic but um, lads thanks very much uh, um, and we've been the Everton Aren't We podcast um, positive as ever cheerio <laughs> Evan, are we? Right, lads. I just want to bend your ear for a wee second here. Do you remember a certain Turkish centre-forward that played for Everton? Remember the training photos through the week you would see? And it was just like hair and scalp. And people used to be like, Jesus, look at that. Well, they see your three-pronged attack. See if you don't look after it. That's basically what it looks like. Not very nice, <laughs> but um, that's why over at Manscaped, we have the performance package. Now, guys, this is the real deal. I'm not even joking. This thing just can get in everywhere. It really, really can. And it does not leave chafing. Have you ever messed about and used hair removal cream or you've used a premium razor thinking this will be great? And then it feels like you get sandpaper on the inside of your thighs and elsewhere for the rest of the week. Well, this thing eliminates that. I'm not even joking. It feels so smooth after the cut, and even on the grow back, it does not wreck you. Um, I've also got the crop reviver, which can give your balls basically a fantastic boost. And as you walk around all day, it's it feels great. That's the best way to put it. Um, also, the crop preserver straight after a cut, and I tell you, it just feels good. Settles everything down. And just gives you that musky man smell, you know, so you can just feel confident beating around all day with your nice shaven Tommy Gravis and Lee Carsley combo. So, guys, if you order from Manscaped, you can use our code EAW20 
and you can get 20% off your order and free postage worldwide. So please, once again, listen in if you'd like to support the podcast. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Everton Aren't We podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share it with your blue friends and family, and maybe even Evertonians you just meet in the street. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us. You can always catch us on Twitter by searching EAW Podcast. And if you've anything else you'd like to discuss, you can reach us via email at the EAWPodcast at gmail.com.